2: Welcome to It Fridays here at Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. So we were supposed to be doing the show on a boat today. We were supposed to be up at the Pinnacle Bank Championship today for round two. Mother Nature gave us both middle fingers in Lincoln and in Omaha. Now, thankfully... <laughs> Play is resumed about an hour ago at the Players' Club at Indian Creek. That is good. There is still fun and good weather to be had by all now. But there was a roll of the dice. Elijah voted. Many voted that I, yes, go out on the water on a boat with lightning in the area. And I do everybody a favor. Uh, But calmer thoughts prevailed. And uh, calmer decisions were made. Well, and, and so someone out there was, is going to be
0: like Schmitty, grow a pair, get out on that boat, just get thinking, on the water. Th- think get about on- the timing. And if
2: you're not on the water, get under the freestanding metal contraption <laughs> where your stage is at.
0: Well, and think about the timing here. The all clear was given roughly an hour ago. Think about Mm -hmm. this show being hosted out of Lincoln and the timing it takes to get there after an all-clear. That's why we're in Lincoln, despite the fact that play continues. We're a little disappointed to be stuck back in Lincoln, but at the same time, we have a show to do. The show must go on. That's the old adage in show business, the old adage in radio. (laughs) The show must go on, and the show goes on. So instead of being on the water, Schmidty's in the living room. I'm chained up in the studio where Connor has been held captive for the past couple days. He escaped. So I...
2: I get the phone call from Sasha, and she's like, um, yeah, we don't want you rolling the dice up here. And if we have to, God forbid, take cover, do that while you're trying to do a show. And pulling a Lieutenant Dan and saying, you call this a storm, right? So, no, I, am, I, uh, I did ask Elijah's permission. Hey, do you want me in studio, or do you want me to... Be at the Kitchen Island, and he's like, dude, I don't need to be next to you for a third straight day. Stay home. So uh, I'm getting the evil eye from Gertie the German. The Labradoodle's probably eating the kid's socks downstairs. I'm at home. You're welcome to join us. Check out the stream. Do so. The Hale Varsity YouTube channel. You can also watch on Twitter. The Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. And uh, plenty of comments. We'll get to emails, Chris at HaleVarsity dot com, and can always give us a shout four eight nine twelve forty four eight nine twelve forty. So I, I even thought about doing this out on the patio, but it is uh, low nineties with high nineties humidity. So yes, I'm in the uh, the air conditioning. But hey, it was awesome to be up at Pinnacle Bank Championship action between the practice round. And the, uh, of course, uh, pro am and and yes, the uh, opening round of the tournament was just magical yesterday. Round two is resumed, and guess what? You still have tomorrow and Sunday to get out there. You can log on pinnaclebankchampionship.com. Saw some friends from Omaha and Lincoln out there the last couple of days, and uh, they enjoyed it. It was so much fun to see uh, that level of golf up close and personal, and it's every year for you in Omaha at the Pinnacle Bank Championship at a pristine course, so we've uh, been blessed to be up there. Gary Java, part of the Pinnacle Bank Championship radio legend, he'll join us in about 30 minutes. Jacob Padilla, he'll be with us in about 15 minutes. We'll get the lowdown on Boogie, Boogie Coleman making his way to Nebraska, and uh, all things football and volleyball. Jacob had a chance to check out some of training camp with John cook earlier this week in hour two, the pride of Fairbury bill Dolman NBC sports with us. The professor Brady Altman's will hit recruiting and fall camp. And then Danny Burke is back from not bachelor party, Danny, but Lollapalooza Danny. We will get his uh, rundown and critique of the acts last weekend in Chicago if Danny shows up with green hair, we know what act he liked most.
0: Well, no, we know that he probably found some some mysterious powder somewhere at
2: Lollapalooza. <laughs> that too, that too. But it is fantasy football season.
0: Yeah, and I'm not going to
2: bore you with the question. My is... my my team. I'm not going to bore you with what should I do? Uh, I've been in my league 31 years. The Jeff Bargain Memorial Fantasy Football League. Uh, A a, a former uh, league mate passed away from cystic fibrosis years ago. Awesome dude. The league is named after him. The uh, Loser or Toilet Bowl, the two worst teams play in the John Pearson Bowl. Uh, That is honorarily named for a former commissioner. We love. And I've been in this league since I'm in eighth grade. It's a keeper league. You keep three players, It is probably about 250 to 300 Skittles to buy in. And it's a bunch of great dudes that have been uh, doing this for a long time together. That includes a former NFL guy. So it's sweet. Uh, I like my uh, league mate, John Hess, because Hess, out of principle, guys he played with he doesn't like, he won't draft. (laughs) Or he won't draft. But my league is tame, is absolutely tame compared to Elijah's yeah Elijah fill the folks in on your league before we get to coach white and Nebraska football because you guys are absolutely vicious you're serious you're sadistic and I'm here for it
0: oh oh so that we have A couple of unique rules to our league first you have to be in person at the draft if you're not in person at the draft good the rest of your of the league will then draft for you Uh, and if you're unable to make the draft (laughs) you can send somebody in your stead that you trust to draft for you so you can send a a temporary member but if not the other members of the league are gonna draft for you and that's a big deal because of our punishment at the end of the year you have two uh, options if you finish in last place in the league one you can get a tattoo of the letter L indicating your loss on your cheek. And I point at my cheek here. I'm not referring to this cheek, I'm referring to the, the, the other one. The cheeks on the back side. Uh, so you have to get an L tattoo there should you lose. If you don't want to get the tattoo, we understand not everybody wants something that permanent. We're gonna take it out of your wallet because we as the league members will chip in on that tattoo because we we wanna see it. If you choose not to do that, which <laughs> we'll give it up to you, you have to pay for every expense at the next season's draft that includes beer that includes the inevitable bar run we make after the draft i am talking food that is catered into the draft whatever we need at the draft any member of the league you then have to pay for it so those are the two options you can go for for the league draft we've had a lot of people surprisingly pick the i'm gonna pay for next year's draft i if i lose this league i've told it to my league members they all expect it of me i will be going with the l tattoo. So we're going to see what happens. Our draft is still a couple of weeks away, but also starting today, Schmidt was my fantasy football league. Yeah. Premier league. I don't, I doubt you care about that, but that started today. So uh, uh, I really don't. There, there's
2: lots of soccer hooligans and, and Guinness to be drank. So I appreciate that. I appreciate the passion for the, uh, the premier league fandom. I absolutely uh, salute that. That's incredible. Uh, That said, back to the tattoo. Has anyone ever gotten a tattoo on their ass in your league? No.
0: No. No one has crossed that line. Because we had some other
2: punishments from when we were younger and, you know, we're not able to get tattoos. Well, tell me about the – you you let slip on the way home the other night about the pancake challenge. Yep,
0: Yeah, you can go to uh, an IHOP or I think more likely it would be a 24-hour establishment on Highway 2 Mm -hmm. who does not pay us advertising dollars, so I won't mention their name. Uh, We've all –
2: sobered up at the highway diner give them a shout
0: but yeah you're you're gonna be stuck at the highway diner for 24 hours but for every pancake you eat and this was one we found online a couple years ago every pancake you eat takes one hour off your time so if you're able to get 23 pancakes in your first hour at the highway diner you're good you're done but what i know about pancakes is that after about three every (laughs) pancake after that becomes a lot bigger than what you would think whenever you first sit down highway diner serves some big pancakes so That's uh, another option. And then back in our days of middle school and high school, whenever we weren't able to do all these fun things because of, you know, parental restrictions and whatnot, it was next year's draft, you're going to take off this shirt and every member of the league gets one or maybe five paintball shots at you. So we've always always taken it seriously because we don't like people at the end of the year giving up and saying, I don't care, I'm going to lose the
2: league anyway. We care more about the punishment than we do about the reward for winning. Elijah's all about accountability. That's echoed <laughs> through Nebraska football this fall camp. Uh, a vicious, vicious league that uh, won Elijah. Are you the commissioner? I am not the commissioner. My buddy Kagan,
0: he's been uh, handling okay. the
2: commissioner duties since seventh
0: grade. Shout out to Kagan. He does a great job. I have never met a better Fantasy Football League commissioner in all my days of doing fantasy football. So big shout out to Kagan and shout out to all members of the Irving Fantasy Football League.
2: Man, uh, that is impressive. We will get. No doubt, responses from our guests about their fantasy leagues as far as, are you in a league that is this demanding? Uh, forget the money. Uh, between paintball or tattoos, man, it is, uh, it is very important. You draft well or get lucky. One of the ways, uh, we'll see. So Nebraska in action today. And I really enjoyed listening to Coach White can check that out, Hale Varsity YouTube channel, as uh, the interviews are posted on that channel with Hale Varsity. So what I took away before we hear from from Coach White is the fact that they're not going to be stubborn. You've had some coaches in some years throw the entire playbook in and... The, the attitude is felt, deal with it. Why is the defense getting lit up for 42 points? Why are there busts? Why are there bad tackle or tackle angles? How come there's no pass rush? Where's the depth? Is there a star difference maker? You can, you can go down a list of 100 things since Nebraska's had a good defense, right? They've had some okay defenses. They've had some flat-out bad defenses, but it's been years since they've had an elite defense. And the, the thing that came across today is Nebraska's, I'm not saying hit, they haven't hit pause. They're never going to stop coaching, teaching, or learning. But what they are doing is they're, all right, they're at a certain level right now, and they're self-scouting. They're getting locked in to figure out what they're good at. They're going to run that. And they're going to be fast, and they're going to be physical, and they still have a couple of weeks, Elijah, but that's what they're going to take with them to Minnesota. They're going to take uh, things they feel good about, and they're going to try and implement that on Thursday night when Nebraska kicks off at 7 Mm o'clock. So the good and bad. Let's hear from Coach White. We need to, to drop in the, yeah, Mr. White, yeah, science, because if this thing pops early, it is going to be science, man. This three-three-five, uh, and it's like me taking chemistry or biology in high school. It ain't going to go well for the opposing offense. Here's Coach White, the good and bad of the D so far this
3: camp. I like the fact that the young men are starting to take on the identity of what we want to do, right? That's the most important thing. We want to play with Husker speed, and we want to have dominant contact. And you see elements of it showing up on all three levels, from the D line to the linebackers to the secondary guys. Things we need to improve on. I mean, every coach is going to come and harp on takeaways. You know, I I always want more takeaways. You can never be too physical in that regard, you know, without being stupid and and doing stupid stuff. But just a continuation of the process, you know I mean, as we continue to install defenses, getting closer to 831, but also making sure that, again, the identity is the most important part of this.
2: Know what you are. Be great at it. Be physical, be fast, and you heard from a handful of guys today as well. Chief Borders, John Bullock, Jamari Butler, and uh, those are three guys that are going to figure prominently. Elijah, we've heard the Bullock names a lot, really talented kids out of Creighton Prep. They are getting a long look and a lot of praise from this coaching staff. They're not nice stories. They're good football players. They're good football players that are going to see snaps and reps on the defensive and offensive side of the football. Uh, I like the story part, but I'm anxious to see John Bullock do his work at that linebacker spot. He's put on about 15 pounds, and uh, he's kept his speed. Uh, it, it's part of that Husker speed they're talking about.
0: And uh, I think the biggest indicator that you're going to see a lot of John Bullock this year is the same thing I've said about Nate Borgacher. He wouldn't himself a scholarship from Matt Rule, not just – earning yourself a scholarship earning yourself a scholarship in a year whenever your roster was inflated you had cuts to make you had to get under that 85 man limit before the season started well guess what these guys despite that still wouldn't earn themselves a scholarship if you want any indication that these guys are going to be involved John Bullock and Nate Borgature it's the fact that you know what we're over on scholarships and we still think highly enough of you two that we're going to give you two scholarships because you guys have earned it and we'll figure out the rest later
2: is the defense ready? Are they ready for Game One? More from Coach White. Uh, I believe
3: that we are still growing. We're going to take these these last this last time remaining and make sure that we we know what we're doing. You know, again, it goes back to. Being able to self-scout and, and then say what you're doing wrong, and seeing if it's a big piece that we're gonna do, and we need to correct, or is it something? Hey, it's, it's too expensive. We're gonna throw it out. You know what I mean? And so that's where we're getting to. We got plenty of film of what we're running. So now we're going back through and seeing what what can we do really fast and really physical? What can we add? What can we take out? So that way the guys can just go out there and play right now.
2: I love that. Is this too expensive? Are we wasting more time? Or is there gonna be a payoff? with what we're asking. Can they grasp it? Can they first and foremost do it and do it well by Minnesota and beyond? Uh, Listen, there's going to be an adjustment period for Minnesota to this defense. I think there's a reality. Uh, When we talk about Tony White and the success he had, Elijah, at Syracuse, he didn't have guys the size of Ty Robinson or Nash Huttmacher. That's something that I think he's going to love, and I think it's going to be big for this defense. We'll get more into this, With Jacob Padilla, get some dots on fall camp, Husker hoops. Great to be with you on a Friday. Unfortunately, not at the golf course, but you can be this weekend with the Pinnacle Bank Championship. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by Currency. Jacob Padilla next.
3: And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio.
2: Thanks for hanging out. Hail Varsity Radio back with you. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We, we say it to Jacob Padilla. HailVarsity.com and magazine at Jacob Padilla underscore on Twitter is where you find him. And uh, he has been all over the place, man. The basketball court today. He's been checking out volleyball this week. He's been keeping an eye on. Fall practice for Nebraska. Jacob, good to see you. Thanks for a few minutes. How are you doing?
5: I'm doing pretty well. It's uh, almost here. We're, we're almost through the summer. Uh, we're just a couple weeks out from sporting events, finally starting up again.
0: And Jacob, just being a couple months away from the start of sporting events also means we're just a couple weeks away from the start of fantasy football. That's how we let off this show. <laughs> Tell me, are you in any high-stakes fantasy football leagues? Is that your game? What's, what's your plan for the
5: fall? So, uh, actually, unfortunately, both the leagues I was in last year uh, didn't uh, didn't come back this year. So, right now, I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, I'm not in a league right now. Uh, Don't join a Elijahs. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I won my money league last year, and uh, the the commissioner does didn't want to do it again this year with the same group. So, it was kind of one thrown together last minute. So. Uh, went one and done in that league, and right now I'm just kind of a—I guess I'm a free agent. So if anybody wants me, wants uh, needs somebody to to fill out their league, uh, hit me up on Twitter.
2: That is pretty good. At Jacob Badilla underscore. Well, in Elijah's league, my league, it costs you quite a bit. I've been in it 31 years. There's lots of trash talking, but it's good camaraderie. All right, uh, Elijah's league. If you lose, you have the choice between. What, the bar bill, the next year, or a tattoo on your backside It's an L?
0: Yeah, so you either have to pay the full bar bill plus all the beers and the food costs associated with the draft for 12 people, which ends up being pricey, or all the league members will chip in for you, and you can go get an L tattooed on your your left butt cheek. So it's it's up to you. I would definitely go with the tattoo because, A, it's a great life story, and, B, that bar (laughs) bill is expensive, so... (laughs) like imagine me speedo at the lake somebody's going to ask the question hey what's with that L right there
5: okay i'd rather not uh, <laughs> imagine you in a speedo right now so let's uh, <laughs> let's just move on
2: well maybe you can shift it from the tattoo elijah and and just go with the old yellowstone tribute maybe you just get branded i'll pass on that person i have a friend oh, who, who got branded y- back you're in the my one th- throwing <laughs> out speedos and tattoos on on the backside I'm just, I'm giving you another option. I, I got a friend,
0: my buddy Graham. He got branded back in high school as a part of, like, a youth group type thing. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> what, kind of what kind of youth group is this?
0: <laughs> I wasn't there. i like a cult to me. I wasn't there, but it's just, it's just a triangle also on
2: his butt cheek. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Branding and youth group don't go together, man. <laughs> Oh wow! Well, I don't know where to go. Um, all <laughs> right, let's just let's just go to let's go talk some ball here. My God! Yeah, I had a buddy who was in the youth group and he got branded. <laughs> he His dad was screamed. very upset. <laughs> I would imagine so. <laughs> I, I hope. The <laughs> wasn't hold dad holding him down? Um, okay. Jeez, uh, 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 Jacob, volleyball. You had a chance to check out some of the uh, the, the camp with Coach Cook. How, uh, how how were the Huskers looking volleyball days around the corner?
5: Yeah, it was uh, just day one of practice. So not a whole lot. In fact, they didn't didn't do any like real competitive team stuff until like the last hour of basically five hours of practice. Um, it was all fundamentals, all serve and pass. You hear Cook talk about that all the time. That's that serve, pass, and defense is the foundation of his program. And back that up, it basically throughout the day, it was a whole lot of serving and passing. And in practice, too, they moved into some blocking for a while. And then finally, they started taking swings and actually hitting a little bit uh, and then got into a little bit of competitive team stuff late. So um, definitely it was a day one, but it was also – wasn't a whole lot of stopping and teaching. Fortunately, they were able to get a lot of the installation of, all right, this is how we do things. This is what we do. These are go-to drills and all that. They were able to get all that done. Uh, During the spring getting ready for their overseas trip. So um, Nebraska is pretty young obviously no seniors. You've got uh, a bunch of freshmen coming in but with the uh, with them enrolling for spring going through beach and the indoor training going through the practices for their their Brazil trip and then going through the Brazil matches and the, and the, the, um, the, the training down there uh, it's they're far much farther along than you normally would expect an incoming class to be. And that shows kind of in their performance, all those all those freshmen are coming in and pushing for, for playing time right away.
0: And Jacob, whenever you talk about those freshmen, that's been kind of one of the talking points we've had with Husker football this week with some injuries is, is freshmen that can step up. What do they sh- need to show in order to get onto the field? And from a volleyball point of view, what does John Cook want these girls to show in order to prove they can get on the court as, as – young huskers in their volleyball career
5: so uh, a few different ways i guess one thing he always says the the six best servers and patents six best servers are going to play so that that's certainly one area where whether it's in a specific serving role or just straight up uh uh uh, kind of a starting role type deal there you can if you're one of the best servers you're going to have a chance to play and beyond that you're competing for uh for the, the starting spot the, the key rotation spots and um it, it depends on the position because each each of the positions you're kind of looking for different things um and it's going to come down to uh consistency who performs the best day to day and we've seen um seen a lot of inconsistency over the last couple of years uh with just kind of the, the, the lineups with, injuries and performance and some struggles in some certain areas. I think they're hoping that they're going to be able to get things locked down early on in the non-conference this year. And you've got uh, someone like Andy Jackson middle blocker. Uh, It just brings a level of athleticism and terminating that you don't necessarily, that's maybe a little different than the other options. But we saw Beck Alec was an All Big Ten uh, freshman performer last year. Um, she's there. And then um, Maggie Mendelson now has much more uh, time under her belt. Obviously, he was splitting her training last year between basketball and volleyball. Now you've got a full off season. So you've got some more of those volleyball reps under her belt. So you got basically a three way battle there for two starting spots. Outside hitter, you've got four players, uh, two juniors, a sophomore and a freshman competing for two starting spots. Cook's got to figure out, all right, who is, which of these outside hitters can play six rotations versus just going to play in the front row. And then that's where a freshman in Lainey Choboy at the defensive specialist, you can see her get into the lineup playing in the back row for w- one of those pin hitters. Um, and I would ex- certainly expect that to be the case. Choboy looks like a freshman that's going to be ready to play right away. It's, it's just that Nebraska has uh, uh, an all-American Lexi Rodriguez at libero and she's not l- losing that starting spot. Um, it's, so You got uh, Merritt Beeson at opposite hitter, the transfer from Florida. The other, the co-captain with Rodriguez. You feel good about her kind of being that uh, that that starting opposite hitter and potentially playing uh, all six rotations. Um, so they've just, and then obviously the setter is, is the biggest one. And uh, Bergen Riley uh, as a freshman coming in, she was able to basically get all the setter reps in the second practice uh, last week. Because uh, Kennedy Orr? Went through the full first practice and i don't know if it's just kind of uh load management um she was doing some stuff on on the side with the trainer for the second practice so she was there she was cheering our teammates on when they got to the competitive part but she didn't go through the full second practice after going through the first and so those are the two competing uh for the setter spot
2: jacob Adela is with us hail varsity uh and magazine at Jacob underscores where you follow him. Jacob, get a shift over to, to basketball, got a couple of minutes left here. What do you like about Boogie Coleman in his game, Nebraska's latest edition?
5: Yeah, I mean to to land a player of his accomplishments this late in the off season, uh is no small feat, especially considering they had to do it while overseas uh in Spain and do it all remotely uh no no opportunity for any kind of visits even virtual type of visits anything like that just talking uh talking uh, from halfway across the world uh, about the opportunities that nebraska presented for him once he finished up his school and got uh, graduated and was able to enter the portal and so obviously we know that we talked about the the u.s situation uh that left them in a tough spot and so they had to they felt like they had to move and get another option in there I don't know that um, that Coleman is a necessarily a perfect fit at the point guard spot to, to run the show and, and be that guy that's going to set everybody up. He's a bit more of a combo guard. He, he's good off the ball as a spot-up player, um, probably better than he is running pick-and-roll. You saw last year he upped his point total, but his, uh, his efficiency suffered a little bit, being the number one option, uh, being kind of the primary ball handler for Ball State. Didn't have a great season with Missouri the year before when he went up and played uh, at a high major conference, um, bounced back to Ball State and had an all-mac second-team conference season there. Um, so, hopefully, kind of gained uh, some experience off of that Missouri trip and will we'll be a little bit more ready for what he's going to face in the Big Ten this season. But so I, I don't know that he's going to come in and average 15 a game and be the 30-minute-a-game starting point guard, um, but uh, he. Um, is going to be an option that will um, uh, th- that you'll feel comfortable. You can throw him out there. It'll be the same thing, I think, that, that they were going to do with Jamarcus Lawrence if he ended up having to be that guy where he'll bring the ball up, he'll get you in the offense, but he's not going to be a guy that they demand or that they rely on to run the show completely. It's still going to be they're going to pass the ball around, play through the bigs, get him some spot-up opportunities, playing off of a Bryce uh, Bryce Williams and guys like that. So... Uh, it'll still be a lot of the same things that we expected without him but now you have a guy that has done it before uh, that is capable of putting up some some point totals and getting uh, other guys involved
2: jacob 90 seconds fred got bumped back up to three and a half million Uh, the metrics weren't laid out in black and white or in ink at least in front of us but uh, trev liked what he saw last year do you like the, the the restoration for fred
5: Yeah, I mean, that's that that was obviously Fred, unlike uh, Scott Frost, uh, didn't ask for it to be uh, put down in print. So we don't have the exact metrics of what they were, but he uh, so it's kind of a deal between them. And he was able to meet whatever uh, threshold Trev Albert set for him last year. And now the key is that was for last year. Can't have any slip up now to continue. uh, You got to continue moving forward. So this year has to be another step forward um, where you're he's continuing to show hey we're building something here that can turn into a long-term winner it wasn't necessarily all right quick fix to save my job like that's not Mm -hmm. what treb's interested in and i know fred's not uh he wants to to make this thing work too it's not a situation where he's just doing whatever he can he's trying to build up this program and so that was step one uh figuring out okay what will work here and what do i need to do to have success here so he found a little bit of that, and now moving into year two, trying to build off that, um, continue to up their, their talent level, continue to kind of build off of the things that they found did work, uh, make those the identity of the program moving forward, and then continue to recruit to that.
2: Jacob, good to see you. Thanks for the insight today, bud.
5: time I guess.
3: And now. And now,
2: back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Hale Varsity Radio continues, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We have had an amazing time at the Pinnacle Bank Championship there since Tuesday. Uh, Told to stay home due to weather. Things have resumed. It is gorgeous at the Players Club Indian Creek, a man that's been part of of the Pinnacle Bank Championship for a number of years and continues to bring great will to the city of Omaha. Gary Java joins us. Gary, I I wish I could see you. But we can talk and say uh, happy Friday to you. How you doing?
6: I'm doing just fine, and some of the people, the patrons that came back or waited for the weather to clear, I'm doing great. I wish I could see it, too. I was looking forward all week to, to, to finally getting to meet you. I love what you do. I love your sound, and I love that you like bourbon and cigars and sports.
2: <laughs> yeah uh, bourbon and uh the the cigar part is is always tempting and it's you know we've had a chance to run into each other gary a few times but man i love i can't wait to just talk golf and football with you this is the mother of all combos and i want to focus in on the pinnacle bank championship uh uh another uh season an- another Uh, tightly contested uh, second round with a little bit of mother nature thrown in. You got moving day tomorrow. And then the final, just in your words, man, you're an Omaha guy. You're an Omaha legend. What does this tournament mean to the city? And what does it mean to just this community you've been a part of?
6: You know, well, thanks for asking. You I always tell for you, a fine line between a legend and a has-been, but thank you anyway. And uh, I just, what this means not not just to omaha we are nebraska's from uh, the uh, from the missouri river to the wyoming border we are nebraska's only annual professional sports event and the college world series is nebraska's only annual amateur and college sports event so you know i used to position it that way back in when I was young and fun and had a future on the radio. But uh, exactly that, and, and that's what we are. We're on, And on top of that, we're a 501c3. We're, uh, we're supporting Nebraska doing business as the Pinnacle Bank Championship presented by Aetna. Uh, so we are currently at about, this is our seventh year, and uh, we, have, we obviously we can't put the book to bed for another month or so now. Uh, but we're about $670,000 in total charitable contributions since we started, since our first event in July of 2017. And we're proud of that, and the Pinnacle Bank is proud of that, and that, that's why they stepped in and did this. They didn't need to go through and, and hire our staff and, and, and the 12 months of uh, jumping through hoops and logistics and putting on a professional golf tournament. Uh, they didn't have to go through that and you know, they are they're out they wanted to give something back and they wanted it to be a charity event. A big event that not just Omaha but you know, Central Nebraska, Lincoln. We've seen a number of fans from patrons from Lincoln today. And we have a number of advertisers sponsors from Lincoln and we had a we had a few more yesterday that we had that that came here just to look around and see what's available for next year. So Boy, that, a, that was a quick answer, wasn't it? <laughs> you are good.
0: good. It's Gary Java with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And Gary, as, as Schmidt and I were loitering around the clubhouse on Tuesday, we overheard some conversations from some players and caddies just talking about how special this event is every single year. calling this course, one of the best they'll play on the Corn Ferry all year long. And I want to get your thoughts. What does that mean to you whenever players and, and caddies are just talking about how great this event is?
6: You know, it means a lot to us, obviously, because this is our event, and it really means a lot to General Manager Jim Medrill, uh, which is an agronomist degree from University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and to Bill and Brett Gotch. This is their course. It always was. And there was negotiating, and they had to accept and kind of close one eye and take a chance on having a professional golf tournament potentially tear up their course, which it didn't. But uh, it's it's worked out well. So there's a lot of pride from you know starting right here, the staff, the owners, the management at the club at Indian Creek, and then with ourselves as a year-round staff of the Pinnacle Bank Championship. Uh, it's it, there's a lot of pride in it. I get to stand on the, and be a starter on the Monday and Wednesday Pro-Ams, and. So I get to hear and then also on, on the weekends I get to be a first D or tenth starter during the actual tournament. So I get to hear the players' comments and since year one when they came they came here in in, in two thousand seventeen. I've heard the comments when they're talking to their to their sponsors and their players and the pro ams, I've heard this is the best course we play on all year. And I, I we hear that all the time and it it's Interesting, and it's rewarding to hear you guys heard the same thing. that picked up, picked up on it quickly and, uh, just, just this week out here. Uh, that is such a we talk. And when we bring sponsors, potential sponsors, prospects, we bring them out golfing, we bring them out here. You know, we say, hey, you're going to be on the greatest course, you're going to be on the best course on, on the entire court, very short. And these players say, we can use the phrases I hear. We can use, quote-unquote, all our clubs or quote-unquote, "Quote unquote, they can we can play real golf. No driver and a wedge, driver and a seven iron. They can play real golf
2: here and they love it." Gary Java with us, Sale varsity radio uh, director of sales and uh, so important with the Pinnacle Bank Championship. Uh, it is awesome to to spend some time with him. Gary got a couple of minutes, and I want to switch to football. Uh, grew up with you in Nebraska football. And how you feeling about 2023? i got to sneak in a big red question. You know, I'm,
6: I'm glad you did. You know what I always tell people? I say my football season starts after the last butt drop, after our, after our 18th Green Championship trophy presentation. I don't have a lot of – you know, we're, we're kind of busy here. Well, since the 4th of July, we've had maybe one or two days off. Um, but I'm, I am paying attention, kind of paying attention, and I just happened to run into somebody today, one of our good friends and sponsors, who was at today's practice. And he got me so pumped up about the organization. <laughs> and you've heard it, we've heard it, about the organization, the attention, to detail. I've heard about some of the coaches, and, and this is for the Hall of Fame, National Hall of Fame, UNO wrestler. And he said, these coaches, they were inside these guys' face masks for three hours, and that is this, they did this right. They did that right. Nobody was late. Nobody
5: missed
6: anything. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping, and I think everybody else, with that, kind of, that rebuild culture and, and the coaching, you kind got to have six wins, don't you? But I've been wrong for 20 years with this team, so I don't know. <laughs> you,
2: you and me both, man. It's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be terrible. And then... Week one happened, shakes on yeah. in we, Dublin. <laughs> yeah, the international incident, you know, and we're still reeling. So, uh, yeah, Gary <laughs> yeah. Java's with us. But, uh, yeah, it should be uh, a fun season. Gary, I will let I you be, be back uh, and uh, get back to it with the, the patrons and the great folks out of the Pinnacle Bank Championship. The club at Indian Creek is... Marvelous! It is so much fun. Get out there at PinnacleBankChampionship.com. I uh, can log on and be there for Saturday, Sunday, and check out all the great folks that helped make this event as incredible it is, as it is. Gary, we'll, we'll check in soon. Thank you for your time today.
6: Thank you for including us and thinking of us. Love the chat. We will meet again during football season.
2: That sounds good. Gary, you take care, bud. Thank you. All right. Thanks, buddy. There he is, Gary Java. Good to hear from him. We'll wind down our one. some more of defensive coordinator Tony White on the way.
3: And now. And now back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: Big thanks to Gary Java for joining this last segment in Capadilla. Gun Roland, in this first hour. Bill Dolman coming up, NBC Sports, to pride of Fairbury. He'll join us uh, on the show and in the stream along with Brady Altman's and then VEASAN Sports Network's Danny Burke. Burke's best bets, 489-1240, 489-1240. So we got into the topic of just how rough or passive is your fantasy football league as far as the requirements not only to get in, But what's the punishment if you lose? We pay up. Uh, There's the toilet bowl. The two worst teams in our league play one another for the right to have the first draft pick. And that that last place loser game is named after one of our league members has been for 20 years. And then you you fork over your money. That's it. Uh, Elijah's league, you either get a tattoo of an L on the left ass cheek. Yeah. Or you, or you pay for everybody else the following year's draft. That's ten teams. That's probably twelve. Twelve, 12 geez, twelve teams, and probably twenty-five bucks in booze or more. And then you add an entree. Bring the checkbook. Yep. I suggested branding instead of a tattoo, and it comes to find out Elijah's got a friend whose youth group buddy got branded. Yep. My Lord. Shout out to Graham. That's an intense. Matt says, listen, I uh, <laughs> I got kicked out of my league unintentionally. <laughs> I didn't get the, uh, the, the new invite. Sorry about that, Matt. Um, uh, Brennan, our friend from the Black Hills, says, if you got branded during youth group, you may be entitled to a little compensation. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's very fair. The old uh, radio station fantasy league had a traveling cup. It was not quite the Stanley Cup. You couldn't take a shot out of it, but it was it was the it was the the, you know, the the attempt was there to have a, a trophy. Which was cool. I only lasted like two years in our league because uh, there wasn't any money in it.
0: <laughs> see, we have a trophy for our league, but if you see how little we care about who actually wins the Is league. Is it a leg lamp? No, it was uh, It was like it's a nice big trophy. I don't know how I came. it came into my possession, but it was like a, an old motocross trophy, like a big one. And we repurposed it and spray painted a foam football, a Nerf football gold and placed it mm-hmm. on top. And I think we had that trophy for a year or two before it inevitably got lost and it went away and nobody cared to replace it. And as Crew says here, he's a champion of that league. I think that was our freshman year of high school. Crew Charlton had a, uh, a one-year stay in the league. He won it. We were all angry cool. about that. We kicked it out immediately. He was, his name was on the trophy, wherever that trophy is. It's at so somebody's it's, it's, house.
2: Is it uh, engraved? Was it Sharpie? I mean, tell me how, how you guys... Did the old etching. I believe sticky note with a Sharpie. I'm not the
0: commissioner. It wasn't my job to update the trophy every single year. I can go back. I'm a two-time champion of the league. Seventh grade, as well as in 2021, uh, with the two years I was the champion of the league. So I'm going for the three There's been a couple people who have never won the league, but
2: I'm not one of those people. 2007, the Randy Moss year with Tom Brady. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've claimed victory. I have hired Junior as my GM. And he looks at me all sorts of funny when I ask him to chip in. I don't think that's wrong. It's teaching responsibility with his money. Hour 2 coming up. Bill Dolman on the way. More on Nebraska football. Big scrimmage tomorrow. Hail Varsity continues. Presented by Currency.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Back with you, it's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. It's Tower 2. No golf course for us today due to tough weather. Uh, and that is cleared, thankfully, for the Pinnacle Bank Championship. Uh, Dolman was one of those voting yes. Put Schmidt on the water in a boat with lightning around the area. <laughs> Elijah seconded that vote but uh other voices chimed in and said stay home don't ruin the equipment you may blow it up anyway billy d good to spend time with you thanks for jumping on
7: the the weather is bad outside
2: i've got nothing but sunshine and uh light fluffy clouds outside of my place right it moved through and then there was lightning and nasty stuff up uh there was there was a, a delay on the golf course. They didn't resume till three. Yeah,
0: that, that was the thing, Bills. Whenever you think about this logistically, which I kind of led the show off with, play resumed at three. We start this radio show at four, and with the time it takes to drive from Lincoln to Omaha and get all the equipment set up
2: and Even whatnot, if Elijah's driving. <laughs> hey, hey, we made it back in good time the past I'm not days. knocking you. No, I say saying. even if Elijah's driving, you get there uh, like you're in a, in a Lamborghini or something. It's nice. Look, I saw a
7: documentary about 20, 30 years ago about uh, a a preacher and his uh, caddy who went out on a golf course in a torrential rainstorm, and they played through. Now, it ended poorly
2: with a lightning (laughs) strike, but nevertheless, uh, they played through before the truck came down, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, you're having the round of your life. You miss a putt. You take the (laughs) Lord's name in vain, and that's it, even if you are a preacher. I think it was a documentary. All yeah. It was good. We don't allow gambling here at Bushwood, sir. Uh, speaking of gambling, we, we got to ask you about, are you in a crazy fantasy football league or not? Elijah is. And I'll let him no. lay out why. I, I'm in a intense fantasy league, but it's pretty good-natured.
7: Yeah, I am not I haven't been in a fantasy league for you know, well, probably since the Mountain West Network shut down. So that's been about 10 years ago. We had a lot of fun with that because we were always together and then on football Saturdays and Sundays and whatnot, we would we you know, you could uh it wasn't we were watching games by yourself. So, uh that was always a lot of fun, but it wasn't anything that was uh on the sadistic side if you will. Um no branding. Uh, I, I, prior to that, I was in—you know—I was in a couple of leagues here in Lincoln. Uh, one that was profitable, uh, mm-hmm. especially if you won it, and it wasn't miserable until the end. I had uh, Tom Brady and Randy Moss the year that Brady threw for about twenty-five thousand yards, and Moss had like fifty touchdown catches. But the league, of course, ended on the last day of the regular season, right? So Where they benched uh, him. uh, So I'm like, no, no, I'm like, I'm almost untouchable all year long. But the last game of the regular season is the Super Bowl of the Fantasy League. Well, they're playing Miami in New England. This is the year the the, uh, Patriots were unbeaten, I believe. And they're playing Miami in New England in late December or something. There's a snowstorm that comes through uh, Foxborough, and Brady goes for, like, uh, Thirteen of seventeen for 140 yards, one pass to Moss, and then they shut it down. And they won the game like 17 to 10 after they'd been beating everybody like 52 to seven.
0: Mm-hmm.
7: And so, and so that was a rather distressing day for me because I think I lost out about. $700 or so still finished second, <laughs> which was a nice uh, worthwhile payday, but it sure could have. Who's counting? Well, <laughs> yeah. Bill, Bill,
0: here, here's the advice from somebody to crazy fantasy football league one year. Maybe somebody got a little bit upset that the week 17, some starters were arrested and their, their bench guys had to come in and you, you lose the league because of it. Don't know who that person was, but I won't name any names. You make the rule change. You always have the season finish one week before the regular season actually ends to avoid all that craziness. There's some expert advice for you, Bill, but I actually have a, a question for you from all your years working with Tom Osborne and the Tom Osborne Coaches Show. Was he a fantasy football guy?
7: Well, you know, Elijah no <laughs> I I, I, w- I would imagine that, pro- that you know Tom probably didn't get acquainted with fantasy football until maybe after uh, he was all done and somebody might have brought it up to him I think he was focused on a few other things besides uh, fantasy football and how the favorite college all-stars were were doing doing in and a week out so we didn't talk about that
2: very often right if you we're in a fantasy league with To, and you drubbed him. Would you just talk it? What the hell kind of draft was that, To? <laughs> I mean, would you just give it to him? <laughs> you, you know, I, I'm guessing no. Uh, no. I'm pretty
7: sure that I would not have talked smack to Tom as long as you know he still had the pen and check in hand. So uh, that no, was probably I it. going to be the case. But you know, my, my team has always been uh, favor college, mm-hmm. and you know, generationally speaking, you know, that was a great name until you get a little older and you get in the league with people who are a lot younger and they're going, oh, does it, is that where you went to college? <laughs> I <You> know, wish. <laughs> you know, uh, well, I mean, I kind of lived that lifestyle at Daryl, Nebraska U, but, you know, for, for those who are the youngers at Faber College, it was, is, you know, the Animal House University. So mm-hmm. I thought it was a great name and it was for about 20 football, uh, fantasy football seasons, but after a while, nobody got it. Now, here's 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 a couple of fantasy football horror stories for you. Okay, um, after that league um, that where I almost won, the following year, uh, a lot of people had to do it remotely. So, um, we decided to 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 do the draft, but the but the commissioner of the league did not set time limits on your pick. So I had Monday off, and we were gonna do it like on a Monday or something like this. And I had like the second pick or the third pick, and the first the first guy worked that day didn't make the first pick until like seven o'clock in the evening, like like 14 hours after the draft was supposed to start or something. The draft took over well, almost two weeks because they could they he didn't reset it. So two weeks of drafting online, which was awful. The next year they're going to do it online, so I, so I do my autofill. You know, Yahoo lets you do uh, pick your players and, you know, all that. So I did all my homework and I had the players that were going to be picked as the as the draft went on. Didn't work, so I go to a Denver Bronco preseason game and I come back. I've got five kickers, four defenses, and like uh, the equivalent of um, uh, who's the uh, Chase McDaniel as my starting quarterback. The, the Booger Eater, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I I literally so they're going, Oh, we don't know what Bill's doing. Well, Bill thought I had it set up on Yahoo. I, I literally had five kickers, two two or three defenses, and, and the equivalent of Chase McDaniel for my quarterback. That was that was an awful fantasy football season. I think that might have been my last one actually.
2: Wow. <laughs> We've had two two team names that have have endured. One was Team Lazy Eye, <laughs> named after a guy's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> and the other was Taste Like Chicken after the value jet crash with what one alligator said to another. Uh, so, yeah, yeah it, it, was, it was a little rough. but Team Lazy Eye still is my favorite nickname ever. <laughs>
7: All Here's right, football season, time. Tennessee football talk, you know, and the best part about it is the draft. You know, draft extra, right? And then you get a little it smack fog after that. But you know, it is the season.
0: The uh the, the best fantasy football team name that I've ever seen in my life. Do you guys remember the the Eagles tight end, Zach Ertz? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh the team name was my ball, Zach Ertz.
2: Oh wow. Well
8: played.
0: <laughs> that's the best well team name I have ever seen in my life. Well, that's pretty no good.
2: easy, easy transition, so we're just gonna <laughs> do it. Um <laughs> Nebraska football will they be able to close in the fourth quarter? Bill Dolman. Well, I don't see
7: them losing a game all season, so I would assume that they'll be able so, to close so when forced to. Uh, you know, so should there be a game, you know, that's reasonably close in the fourth, I I, I would say Nebraska will will close it out. So, uh, yeah, for a team that's going to go unbeaten, how often they have to close it out at, you know, remains to be seen. But I. I would imagine that this team will be uh, much more and and maybe just because of change, confident, uh, much more motivated and not have a, I don't want to say loser mentality, but the mentality that you're not going to win in those situations. You know, I think about the team, what was it last year at Illinois at home? Uh, Coming out, you know, they, they played so well in the, in the, uh, uh, first half and they mm-hmm. came out on the field and you just had a feeling they're not going to win the game in the second half and then you know there was so much of that in fourth quarters I, I would think that matt rule you know just based on what we have all seen over the last eight months probably has instilled in them that things are different and you know i've, I've seen the the episode what is it the 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 what's next or you know who's in or whatever the the, yeah. the the hard knocks episode. I watched that and, you know, you get motivated listening into him, talk and believing in what you're doing in the brotherhood and, and all of that. So I, I would think just by the, the cheer chain, the, the sheer change in messaging leadership, that that team is going to be much more uh, confident in fourth quarters than we've seen in the past couple of years.
0: Bill, do you think Nebraska's success rate in those close games in the fourth quarter, those one score games is going to be the biggest indicator for how successful they are on this season? Cause I kind of laid this out in the show yesterday. Whenever you look at the history of the Big Ten West and, and just how close a lot of these games are, I think it's reasonable to expect that Nebraska is going to play in more one-score games in the fourth quarter than they don't this year. And if you look at it like that, maybe eight, nine potential one-score games in the fourth quarter whenever I look at the schedule right now, is that the biggest indicator for how successful they're going to be on the year, that ability to, to rise above in those close games?
7: Well, you know, i I hate to put it all on one guy, but I, I think it comes down to, you know, Jeff Sims' leadership at quarterback if it comes down to the offense needing to make a play. I don't think over the last couple of years, Nebraska's been showing a lot of confidence. Comp- and again, I think that confidence has just waned because it, one loss built on another, on another, and, and and here we go again. And even, you know, Adrian is you know, last couple of years at Nebraska, he, he, he just did not have... Uh, that air of confidence in, in game-winning drives, case in point, the Michigan game, right? So I think if Jeff Sims comes out and plays well and is the kind of leader that we've been led to believe that he is uh, through fall camp and with the single-digit number and all the praise that he's gotten on on the, the Huskers hard knock show, I'll call it, you know, I I think if if he is who we believe have been led to believe that he is, I think that there's a much better chance that the offense plays plays well in those close games. But, you know, that's another thing to remember, though. Nebraska has been in those games. It's not as though the Scott Frost era, as disappointing as it was, was marked by continual 30- and 40-point losses, right? There were so many close games, one-score games that that they were in. They just didn't believe they could win them. But they were close, right? And that's why, you know, this Minnesota game, people oh, I think Nebraska can beat Minnesota. How many games has Nebraska been in that have been close games with Minnesota that they should have won? I mean, the, the game in the Minneapolis a couple of years ago, fallen down at the one-yard line four times. You score there, the game's over. So Nebraska has not exactly been completely blown out in all of the the losses of the Scott Frost, Mickey Joseph era, Okay. So I think if they're close and you just believe that you can get it done, that they'll get it done. But I I think Sims play and the confidence that they have in him offensively uh, is is very significant.
2: Bill, defensively, how much do you put into Tony White's comments today about just trying to, to drill down? And and not necessarily get confident, but just be sure. It feels like they're they're not trying to overload these guys. The 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 objective is to play fast and physical, and not be the smartest defensive coordinator on the field. See
7: guy, hit guy with the ball. That's really should be the defensive philosophy. And if they are as fast as they are, uh, they should be in a three-three-five. Um, then I think that's a playmaking defense. But if you do, if you get lost in the schemes and you're, and if you're thinking too much on defense, you've already lost. Defense needs to be instinctive play. And they've got the athletes over there. And again, you, you have to go by what you've read and what you've heard. This is a leaner and meaner, bigger but leaner and meaner defense than what they've had. That The strength and conditioning has been fabulous in the offseason. Guys who were really big have... Gotten bigger but leaned down like Ty Robinson or Gunnarsson or and then uh, um, uh, um, I think it's Cam You know all these guys. It, it seems as though they have bought in to how at least the defensive line is supposed to perform. And then the, if the defensive line performs like it should, whether it's a five-two, four-three, three-four, three-three-five, you just got to clog up those holes and let linebackers and fast guys make plays. And if they do that defense will be pretty solid. And and you have to like the demeanor of a Tony White. I mean, he he has all the makings of a, of a future head coach. Whenever he speaks, I think there's something com, uh, commanding about his presence, certainly very different than our beloved Charlie McBride, but there's something about his presence that I find intriguing that here's the guy that is supposed to lead this fast physical C-ball, hit ball type defense, and uh, I like it. I, I like hearing from him.
2: Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. The professor is Bill Dolman, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D, this was fun. little fantasy football, Oscar football. Get your clubs dusted off for the weekend, all right?
7: Oh, yeah. I might be studying my fantasy football uh, draft, so I don't have to leave it
2: up to the computer online.
7: That would be a that disaster. makes sense.
2: little AI. No thank you. Take care, Bill. We'll talk soon, bud. All right, boys. Go Big Red. Brady Altman's coming up on Hale Varsity.
3: And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Friday edition. We're in studio and other parts. Not at the golf course today. That makes me sad. But go check out the Pinnacle Bank Championship this weekend at the club at Indian Creek. We say hi to Brady Altman's. Uh, all Things Nebraska at Brady Oltman's on Twitter is where you find him. Brady, what's good? It's been an interesting week of practice. Guys are gearing up to get out of the dorm. They're cheering that, if you listen to Mr. Bullock's, of course. But it's, uh, it's firmed him up a little bit as they get ready for Minnesota less than, uh, than, than two weeks away. Uh, Brady, I want to ask you, what are you... What does Nebraska need to have tomorrow in that first major fall scrimmage?
8: Uh, they need to get out healthy. Uh, that's a. Ding first ding, and ding
2: ding ding ding. <laughs>
8: um, well, it's and you mentioned the dorms. I think that was. It's one of those quirky things. I think a lot of people, you know, marked as like uh, remember the Titans esque thing of team bonding and mm. stuff like that. And there's there certainly is elements to that, but. I remember back in the winter talking with some, some friends down in Texas and asking former Baylor beat writers what he did just to get a sense of practice. And they said that he likes night practices, but he likes to mix it up too. And then at, on one of the practices here, this, I think it was this last week, Rule kind of said, like, w- you know, they have night practices, they have morning practices when the media is there, they're morning practices. They tend to be morning practices when, they're, when they're, we are there. And part of that is he wants them to be used to being uncomfortable. He doesn't want them in a set, like rigid schedule, because college football is weird. You're going to get thrown curveballs. You know, you're going to kick off at uh, 10 a.m. in Boulder, and sometimes, and they're going to kick off in a, you know, a prime game in Minneapolis the week before. You know, like part of it is just getting people and the the players prepared for different circumstances like that. And I think you when you when you talk them together rooming with people they don't know on other sides of the ball, some people who have been here for five years, new freshmen, you you get not only the team bonding but you kind of they learn to roll with the punches a little bit and sleep in beds that aren't theirs. And I think all of that together kind of works into the team bonding thing, but also this team's going to be prepared for unique situations that they may not have otherwise been prepared for in, in recent years.
0: So Brady Oatman's with us here. Hail Varsity Radio. And, Brady, maybe the most important question I'll ask you today when you talk about this team bonding, has the team gotten together and sang Ain't No Mountain high enough yet in fall camp?
8: <laughs> um, and not to my knowledge, but I will be camped out on South and O Street tonight just in case they do the the stomp down the street and then the, the, and all the, the, the hand movements. But I think... But hey but they went to champions fun center whatever the you know the golf yesterday
2: cards
8: yesterday so i that's about as close as you can get in 2023 to doing that right <laughs> I, I think that counts
2: that works yeah good old remember the titans man good movie well, love denzel and I uh, love talking to uh, the coach.
0: And, and Schmidty, as we saw from that video, a look in. They may have not sang Ain't No Mountain High Enough, but they did sing Freestyle by a Little Baby, which is this generation's version of, of uh, Marvin Gaye. I can't say it with a straight
2: face. I I'm think. sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure.
2: I'm sure that that's a one-to-one right there. Uh, Brady, let's dive in a little bit here to, to Coach White as he uh, met with the media today. A uh, few players as well, but it was a defensive day and also Coach Dvoracek chimed in and what what's the, the sense you get of this defense? Are they gonna have to be the strongest part of this football team early, two weeks away? Are you concerned about the offense where they're at? Are you concerned about the defense? What what's your temperature like?
8: Um I think right away I think right away they need some consistency out of the defense a uh, strong play. They can't get into boat races right out the gate. They need some consistency from the defense to stop offenses, and they need to show some sort of proficiency to create turnovers. Uh, I think that's one knock that Nebraska fans could have with – one of many knocks that Nebraska fans could probably have with the defense in recent years. They just didn't create turnovers. That's one thing Tony White loves to do. Um, famously, his, his last defense in Syracuse was nicknamed the mob, because they would just flock to the ball and get and get the ball out. I think talking with him and talking with players, you know, they go through in daily multiple drills of knocking the ball loose and getting at the football. That's certainly a running theme. I think they need that out of the defense because you don't know what you're gonna get with Jeff Zinn still. He's a high ceiling guy, but when you look at him in you can't really go one-to-one Georgia Tech and Nebraska. The resources just aren't one-to-one there. But when you got a guy who hasn't shown that he can consistently take care of the football, I think you have to lean on your defense to keep you in games and give you that opportunity in case the offense takes a game or two to fully get up to speed and on the same page and doesn't make any boneheaded mistakes like that. I know that that's something that the coaching staff is trying to, to cut down on, but – when I think of right out the gate, the defense needs to be the ones that uh, kind of bat in the hatches and is the the aggressive bind that kind of keeps the team together and allows the offense to to get some breathing room, get their feet under them and then make some drives and try to get some points.
0: Brady, with uh, with Tony White Syracuse defense being nicknamed the mob, do you see any similarities between Tony White and uh, Don Corleone?
8: Uh, no, but I, you know, standing there, he looked like a, he looked like a Tony Soprano to me. You know, he looked like a, just a real, a real sharp dude. Uh, and really, you know, if we want to go that far with it, you could say Rob Dvorak was a sill, you know, real quality stand up okay. guy, not real knock around guy, but who's, who's Pauly. Oh man. You got to, is Evan Cooper the closest thing to a Pauly that they've got?
2: I does mean, he snap his fingers and say "Brett over here? I mean, does he? Does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did, did
8: you hear what I said, Coach? Hey, did you hear what I said? I said, hey. Um, I, I, but I think that there's, a, there's an element to, I think, the, to the buy-in of it. Evan Cooper is also big on, like, creating the turnovers, getting the ball hawk stuff. Uh, Rob Dvorak, there's something to be said that the Carolina Panthers would not allow him to leave right away. They wanted him to finish out the season in his capacity as, as an assistant coach. Whereas, you know, Ed Foley and, and Corey Campbell got to leave right away from Carolina when Rule left. Uh, I think there's something to be said there. I think there's a reason why what one of the recruiting services named him 30 under 30 uh, as a guy to stand out and watch. I think that there's a little bit of smoke there and hearing, you know, Dvorak talk today, he, he had a kind of a horse throat because he'd been yelling in practice, but, hearing him talk about the linebackers and Nebraska fans certainly have a lot of expectations and pride associated with the linebacker position, looking at the way that they're lining up guys. Now, I think there's a lot of potential, um, you know, know, when you've got Nick and Luke in the Sam and Will spots, and then you've got MJ chief and Jamari working at the Jack and doing more organized pass rushes that really opens up your defense Mm -hmm. to do a whole lot of dangerous things.
2: Eric fields. Is going to do what this uh, early in this year? I mean, are you talking 15 to 20 snaps? Uh, they like him at Rover, they're wowed by him. I mean, he is well beyond his years physically, and it sounds like it's coming along mentally as well.
8: Yeah, I it's tough, man, because I coaches like him, Evan Cooper likes him, Tony White talked about him today. And then Matt Rule had specifically mentioned him unprompted earlier this week. And when you get all three coaches like that talk about somebody, clearly, clearly something is happening in practice and the tidal wave is there. But when you're asking a kid to adjust to all those different things in their first year, I just don't know what to expect right away. And it's still preseason camp per Matt Rule thing. We don't talk to incoming or first year arrival freshmen until practices start up. So maybe we'll hear from Eric uh, still before the first game. But I I don't know snap count, but, boy, I tell you what, I'd expect him to do something, to do something and be some sort of contributing part of that defense going forward.
0: Brady, with guys like Eric Fields, either the coaches bring them up because they're playing that well in practice and they they really deserve some recognition in front of the media, or it's because the media – continuously ask the coaching staff about this guy and well i gotta answer the question i'm gonna give an update which side of that <laughs> coin is eric fields on because matt Ruhr brought him up in the spring and i think got a lot of people in the media it got their ears perked up a little bit oh eric fields is being mentioned unprompted during this this signing day special what side of that coin is he on though is he being brought up because he's that impressive or is the media just continuously asking about eric fields because we've been on high alert about him for a while
8: that's uh, a little column a a little column b uh if we're being honest i think but I think it takes one unprompted message during spring or during fall camp, I should say. And then we kind of log that away in our brain. So when, when rule mentions it, then we know we have to ask Evan Cooper when he's up there because he's working out at Rover and Evan Cooper kind of describes how he's been doing. And then you ask Tony white about it and Tony white saying like, Hey, he's, he's a, you know, point A to point B guy. He's going to get the ball. And you know, we've, we've heard a little bit from Eric in that interesting recruiting story. He's got, you know, his dad is a boxer and he's like a very, he's an overlooked kid, but he's just a physical explosive dude. He gets that from his dad. He's just got that explosiveness. He's got that pursuit. There's that natural ball pursuit. He he was a tackling machine in high school. And I think you're seeing now as he adjusts his body to the college game, that explosiveness is going to pop, you know, to reporters and, coaches and whoever's going to be able to see practice. I think that also contributes to it too, because when you got a young kid like that, that's just flying all over the place and is explosive, going into blocks, going into routes and stopping and runs. I mean, people are going to want to ask questions like who did that. And when they find out that, you know, he's been on campus for, uh, for a couple weeks now, as opposed to a couple years, that's really going to turn some heads. So I think all of that's a perfect storm for why he's, he's standing out there.
2: Brady Oltman's with us. Hale Varsity at uh, Brady Oltman's on Twitter. About 60 seconds. I'm going to l- lay out four names. Yes or no, as far as Nebraska being able to land them. There's a finite number of spots left. Grant Bricks, Brandon Baker, Amari Sanders, and Tatuga. I just butchered that. Forgive me. What's the percentages here, Mr. Cristobal, Brady Oltman's?
8: um oh man if i go strictly yes or no in probability of like upper 50 percent to lower fifty, yeah. i get bricks yes baker no um sanders amari
2: sanders. sanders
8: i'd say sanders yes and then no
2: for tatuga yeah yeah what about what about jay sean's jay sean ross
8: Man, I tell you what, he's an interesting one. But I think at this moment, at this very moment in time, I'd I'd say yes. I think you've got to ride the momentum. And honestly, I think he's going to see what the defense at Nebraska does. And I think that might, that might if he hasn't decided he wants to go to Nebraska yet, he's going to like what that defense looks like at his spot. And he's going to commit then and there.
2: Brady, we will uh, corral you for a cold one this weekend, all right?
8: Hey, perfect. Works
2: for me. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down a Friday edition. Don't forget, the weekend edition keeps you going tomorrow morning right around 745. Streamed with the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. And uh, also on the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed, at HVarsity Radio, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. And good stuff from Brady Oltman's. And uh, Bill Dolman this hour. We spent time talking with Jacob Padilla. Big scrimmage tomorrow for Nebraska football. It is best bets time. We welcome in with Decent Sports Network, the pride of Chicago, Danny Burke. Three weeks ago, he called the over on the nine run number for Texas v. the White Sox, uh, and it absolutely delivered. My brother said cha ching. And he wants to thank you publicly, Danny Burke at Danny Burke Five on Twitter. Brian of Chicago, how the hell have you been?
4: <laughs> well, I appreciate the thanks. You know, we're trying to do what we can for everybody out there. But I've been good, Schmitty. It's been a, has uh, been a hectic summer to say the least. But uh, just grinding through and uh, getting ready for football. And uh, of course, we got three seasons starting up. So exciting times, my man.
0: Danny, Absolutely. I, I got to ask you about your, your weekend last weekend with Lollapalooza. Usually whenever you hear something that ends in Palooza, you don't want to go. It's going to be a place with either disgusting bathrooms or porta potties. Lollapalooza is the exception. It's a great time out in Chicago. Got to see some, uh, some awesome artists. I know the, the weekend is probably exhausting, but tell us a little bit about that. Who did you get to see? And uh, will you ever be going back? Or are we at the point now where uh, you show up to Lollapalooza and you feel like you're the oldest person there?
4: Yeah, I think it's gotten to the point where we did all we could. We did an after-show Wednesday, and then we had all-day Thursday, after-show Thursday, all-day Friday, after-show Friday, all-day Saturday, after-show Saturday, and then just all-day Sunday. Uh, Billie Eilish was an act we saw, Kendrick Lamar, um, who else? So Deza, and then Red Hot Chili Peppers, among many others, but... Overall, amazing time, Uh, hoping there's not going to be another solid four-day lineup, so I'm not convinced to go back, because as I was telling Elijah before I went on, it was a lot, but it was a blast. Legs are still dead from the weekend, but I definitely hope there's not another four-day that's tempting me to go all four days, I'll tell you guys that much.
2: Best performance was who? Who nailed it?
4: All right, I got to say it it have to be Odessa because they have an amazing light show, and it was the perfect amount of little rain that you could see within the lights, and it was really hot, so when you're in the crowd, it was like the perfect amount of mist and the music was great and then that's probably like 1A and then like 1B would have to be Red Hot Chili Peppers I know some of the crowd because they didn't know all the words and the lyrics weren't vibing as much but my friends and I were having a blast with the songs we knew and even the songs we didn't know as much just appreciating the music it's kind of like one of those bands of course you have to see when you get a chance and we're definitely glad we did the Red Hot Chili Peppers to me did not disappoint
2: Did Flea keep his pants on? <laughs> <laughs>
4: I believe he did. You know, it was the last show of all four days of the weekend, Schmitty, so it may be a little blurry with the memory, but as far as (laughs) I know, uh, the pants remained on.
0: (laughs) Danny, last thought here on Lollapalooza before we switch gears, talk some sports betting. Was Danny Burke involved in any mosh pits over the weekend?
4: (laughs) You know, I was not involved in one directly. I was, like, adjacent. To the Mosh pit. We did have a friend who wanted to go in, and it, the, the one it was like on Saturday, they were like, Go ahead, man. I mean, you know, you're almost 30 at this point. If you want to go on the Mosh pit, be my guest. <laughs> we'll look from afar, but there was no way I was jumping in the Mosh pit.
2: Danny, what do you like either preseason or Major League Baseball tonight or this weekend?
4: Yeah, I got a couple plays in baseball, one for the NFL preseason. So I'll start with baseball. Tonight I am stating, uh, I like to jokingly say, my guy, even though he's not actually my guy, but in terms of betting against him, my guy, Reed Detmers, the southpaw for the Angels, who actually, by all things considered, has been having a relatively solid season. But I'm still not a believer in his game, and you are starting to see that in some of the underlying metrics that are projecting where he's going to go. And I think it's going to be in a negative direction, especially tonight, as this Angels team that's been immensely struggling is going up against the Astros, who are hitting their stride, have been great against Southpaws batting-wise over the last month, two months. I think they're like third in weighted runs created plus against lefties. And you're getting Justin Verlander, not in his first game back with Houston, but his first game back at home with Houston. I think that's going to really just garner a lot of momentum for this Houston team. I know they're heavy chalk on the money line, so I laid the run line at about plus 125. Love Houston tonight and always like fading Reed uh, Detmers. So that's the first baseball play I got this evening. The other one... Um, I like the Seattle Mariners. Now, the price has gotten a little bit out of hand. That's why I found maybe a tad bit hesitant. But I got them at about minus 134. If you get them, like, lower than minus 140, I still think it's a go with Seattle. But they got a slight pitching advantage here. I mean, more than a slight pitching advantage. You got Luis Castillo, who's not only a stud, but even better At home, going against Kyle Gibson, who's been worse on the road and just pretty mediocre for the most part this season. It's just the Orioles' bats have had his back, so that's why they've been able to overcome some of his struggles. Also, both really good bullpens here. The Mariners have been one of the hottest teams in Major League Baseball. Baltimore going on a little bit of a longer trip, whereas Seattle had a day off yesterday. So I'm taking my chances here with the home team in Seattle and hoping their bats could come alive in the pitching do a little bit better so that's what i got for baseball fellas and then in terms of preseason got my one play tonight backing the cleveland browns minus three i like the fact that they already have a game under their belt even though it's a sloppy whatever you want to call it hall of fame game at least you're a tad bit acclimated and you have a really good depth chart in the quarterback position. That's what you want to look for when you're betting these preseason games. Not only that, but also you want to listen to these coaches and see what their schemes are going to be. And, uh, you know, uh, Dorian, I mean, he went out there and he did really well at GCR and I think he'll replicate that to a certain extent. And you still have a lot of other quarterbacks in that spot aside from Deshaun Watson
6: who can provide
4: some stable offense enough to give you an advantage over what the commanders are throwing at you. A team that I'm taking their under on the win total, not saying that their starters are going to be out there and that's going to reflect what you see for preseason, but still, I mean, their depth chart quarterback-wise is nothing nothing to write home about. And even when you get deeper in a preseason game such as this, with a team I think is just going to struggle in all facets, especially their week one preseason game. I'm laying the three with Cleveland tonight, fellas. That's the preseason game I'm rocking with.
0: It's Danny Burke with us here, Burke's Best Bets on Hale Varsity Radio. Danny, we got a little under 90 seconds left here, and I've been looking ahead to some of the season props, both for the NFL and for college football and for the Huskers. One of the most interesting ones I have found, just a little thought experiment here. The Huskers, plus 115 to be ranked in the AP poll at any point in the 2023 season, minus 155 to never rank, reach the top 25 rankings. What are your thoughts on that line? Do I? Do I make the plunge and go down to the uh, the sports book out in South Lincoln.
4: Man, you know, <laughs> it's just unfortunate that the yes price is where it is because it should be a better price than plus 115. But look, they know where they're pricing it at because they know that all the Husker fans are going to be betting yes blindly, and I get it. And, and, and we're all excited, as we should be. But if we're being honest, no, I don't think they're going to be in the top 25. And... The only way I would bet it is if I was probably getting two to one or better. I think you should at least mm-hmm. be getting plus two hundred or better on that price. I mean, guys let's be on their win totals at a flat stick. So the fact that it's only plus one fifteen doesn't add up with the math. So as much as we want to be optimistic and hope for it, if you want to get a true value on it, I don't think it's there at the price of plus one fifteen. I'd be having to lay the no on that. But actually I don't want to actively root against our Huskers, so I'd probably stay away, but If you made me choose one, it'd have to be the no, unfortunately. But that doesn't mean I'm not high on them. It doesn't mean I wouldn't bet the over six. I just don't think the price is worth it there at just plus 115.
2: Daddy, be good. Thanks for a few minutes today. Hey, you got it, guys. Always appreciate it. Take care.
3: And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: One final time on a Friday, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Big thanks to the Pride of Chicago. Vison's Danny Burke had a preseason pick and a couple of baseball hits for you. Bill Dolman, always awesome on a Friday, along with Brady Oltman's. Love talking ball with both those fellas. And uh, great to get caught up and talk hoops and volleyball with Jacob Padilla. Uh, as he joined us in hour one, I want to thank the folks at the club at Indian Creek for having us out all week long. Weather was a little dicey earlier when we needed to head that way. Uh, there was a delay in the tournament. Things are back to normal. Great action tomorrow and Sunday. So if you haven't gone or you're thinking about it, can log on pinnaclebankchampionship.com and get your passes. Uh, find your way to the pavilion. That's just incredible. The Patron zone is magic, and be a part of it, man. Pro golf in Omaha. You love it, and it is uh, something to experience. We'll be back tomorrow, weekend edition, 745, streaming Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. Check us out. Thanks to all the folks who've jumped in with their fantasy football thoughts on just whether or not you had to make that decision Is my league too intense? As in, do you lose and do you get tattooed? That's what happens if you rub shoulders with one Elijah Herbal (laughs) in his league. Uh, I just pay the the fine and sign up for another year. Reminder to get buckled up. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances? If you drink, don't drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. We had a moment of hilarity during the Jacob Padilla interview uh, when uh, Elijah brought up the fact that he had a buddy that was in a youth group that got branded. That's an all-timer. <laughs> uh, you see that on shows like Yellowstone. Well, I didn't even finish the story. I didn't tell you how he got branded. Finish the, finish the story. What happened?
0: So, essentially, I mean, we're... Like, I wasn't there, so I've just heard 2nd it reports. <laughs> I was not him. holding
2: him down with a mask on and a Northwestern sweatshirt. No, You're he, kidding.
0: he willingly did this. Thought it was going to be a fun experience, a fun story with the guys, you know. And what they did was they just bent a coat hanger into a triangle shape and heated it up with the blowtorch and then stuck it on his left ass cheek. That's all it was. And he still has a triangle. That was thing. that was youth group. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh Yeah, so... Uh, he doesn't regret it, I don't think. Well, he, he regretted it for like a week because he wasn't able to sit down. Well, clearly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but that, that, that was an all-timer. <laughs>
0: hmm.
2: Branding on the next, day of Varsity. Um, wow. Hey, it'll be interesting tomorrow with camp as scrimmage will be going on right when we're rocking and rolling. See what uh, Coach Rule has to say tomorrow and see who participated uh the, this time of year guys are deciding whether or not to keep after it the portals been interesting in college football but now it's either stick it out or eject and a lot of players around the country are trying to decide that we'll dive into it tomorrow mark Cranek will be with us elijah Herbel. Uh, Brandon Vogel, Gary Sharp will join us tomorrow morning. Back at you, 745 Weekend Edition. Thanks for tuning in to Hale Varsity.
4: A Huda Media Production.